LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King. I am the lead pastor at Second Baptist Church of Conway, Arkansas, and my good friend Sam Rayner is on today at West Bradenton Baptist Church. How are you, brother? I'm doing great as always and mm-hmm. enjoying um, enjoying my Monday, actually, which I know a lot of pastors struggle with Mondays, but... Mondays are great. I, I like Mondays. I get to get up and kind of start fresh. You know, usually I'm thinking, man, I bombed my sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but you get the longest sense. possible window to the next one, so you can work on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I write I, I, right after we record the podcast. Typically, I start writing my sermons. Hmm. Um, so you know, this kind of warms me up. Yeah, this is my, my the podcast is my Holy Spirit preparation for my sermons. That's you know, we've talked. That's probably not the best way to prepare for a sermon. <laughs> It's probably not. That's why we keep and, and that's probably And for the listeners who maybe know, that's probably not true either. But We're just know. kidding. We're just kidding. But I know that you, I, Micah, tend to like Mondays. We tend to like, I guess it's something with our wiring and our go get ness We should make shirts. EST, the official podcast of Mondays. We love that. That doesn't, even though, that doesn't even make sense, but I'd wear it. And we drop on Tuesdays. Um, our episodes drop on Tuesdays, so yeah, never mind. That that's what we need. We need T-shirts that just say "est.church." We drop on Tuesdays. We drop on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, read into that what you there's, want. There's a tagline right there. <laughs> now, I hey, you know, with our annual convention for our denomination, mm-hmm. we should make we should make those T-shirts. Est.church. We drop on Tuesdays. We drop hey, on Tuesdays. Listen, they would be all the rage. They would be even. They would even be a bigger hit than the stickers we passed out. Do you still want to do a coffee at our little gathering? I'm all, listen. I enjoy. I'm an extrovert. If you're yeah. like, let's get a hundred people together and talk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, t- time and place, please. I'll be there. Yeah, I'm going to work on that. And so, our listeners, any of our listeners that are in the Birmingham area during the week of what is it, June 9th through the fourth? Hey, do you hear that noise? No. Oh man, that's the noise of progress right there. You hear? You have construction going on. We we are we are almost done with our construction, and I totally interrupted you. So my apologies. Totally cool. It doesn't matter. Um, speaking of construction, I think Birmingham is going to be under construction uh, when we go down there. Uh, yes. And for the for the non-denominational uh, or non our tribe SBC listeners, our annual convention is in Birmingham, hmm. um, which I hear is a wonderful city. Slightly larger than Conway, Arkansas, but um, we're going to have a whole. 70 billion people down there. Anyways. It'll probably feel like 70 billion people. We do want to connect with you. That's what we're talking about here. We want to connect with you. You might be thinking, I'm turning this podcast off and unsubscribing, but don't because we want to connect with you. If you're down in the Birmingham area in June, the second week in June, we would love to see you. We'll be walking around the convention center there, hanging out. We'd love to hang out with you. But this all brings up the topic of the show today, summertime, 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 summertime. How do you- and live in ZZ. 
I'm not even, even going to try. Listen, that that was a that was a bad attempt, and I will never do that again. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. Do, oh, I got a funny joke that has nothing to do with anything, but I wanted to tell our listeners. I thought you'd think this is funny too. So we have this senior adult gathering last night. Our senior adult minister is retiring. Um, he's done great service here for the last decade. Um, and he's going to go spend time with his family, et cetera. So we have a senior adult uh, worship service at five o'clock and then cake, punch, that sort of thing. My kids are the only ones there um, for obvious reasons, but there's, I don't know, 200 people there, right? And uh, he's uh, they're walking around. My second one walks past the vice chairman of deacons with a cup of uh, punch and he says dilly dilly to um to this <laughs> this vice chair <laughs> he just says it real loud dilly dilly with his cup in the air and then keeps walking so we had a conversation about uh you know just why that might be really funny and essentially that's what i explained to him why that was really funny so uh, he was proud of himself. <laughs> he had no idea why that was funny. Oh, Which is probably good for him. Probably. Probably. So, anyways, uh, let's talk about the summer. And um, because summer affects ministries and churches quite a bit, I think there's even an emotional effect on ministers because there's such a push during the spring. Is there – when is – so because you're in Florida, when is your – season of growth or season of harvest. So that's a, man, that's a tough one for, uh, because this is where uh, we're going to be different than most of the people that are listening to the podcast, unless you're, you're in a place that has a lot of snowbirds. Right. Um, And by snowbirds, I mean people that come down during the winter. Mm -hmm. So the leases run out. I mean, we're recording this on April Fool's. So, you know, happy April (laughs) Fool's, everybody. Um, And uh, I was going to make a joke about the two of us. And yeah, I mean, I think everybody thought it. Yeah, it's probably, probably so. Um, but anyway, so the leases run out. Tip for a lot of them, it's March thirty first, and then for others, it's they just time it with Easter and after Easter Sunday they leave. Um, so when we see a huge drop off, is basically right now. I mean, right or, and Easter's later this year, so who knows how that's going to affect us? But I'm betting this last Sunday was probably our last Sunday with most of our snowbirds. So we start seeing a tailing off April May. By the time we hit June and July, particularly like July 4th week, that's usually our lowest week. Um, we, um, you know, it, it really, we really kind of bottom out there as far as attendance. Now, the snowbird effect is not as much of an issue for us as it was maybe when I first got here because we're drawing in more people who just live in the community, which is good. Um, right. So, it's not, the lull is not as deep of a lull, although it will always be there because we're a coastal community in Florida. And a lot of our people, so we lose we lose our snowbirds, and then a lot of our people vacation pretty hard in the summer, just because you know I like the heat. I, you know I don't mind it at all, but not everybody likes the heat. So we have a lot of people that escape the heat in the summertime, and then they leave. Uh, so yeah, summers summers can be quite a lull for us. And I'm sure that there are listeners who would say, yes, summer's a tough time uh, in the church, you know, whatever, whatever those months are for you, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know what? I, I still think there's opportunities there. I want to be an optimist. Sure. Um, but the reality is, yeah, it's attendance is typically lower if you're looking at that, that one metric. Well, I'm looking right now because I've not been at uh second before, um, during, you know, I haven't even felt I'm like six months in. So I'm looking last year and the average, 
for like January through Easter was right at 827. My guess would but who's be counting? Well, that's what we're talking about. And then um after Easter let's go through the end of May 754. So that's a drop mm-hmm. about like 100. I guess I'm not remembering my numbers. And then during the summer, six ninety one. Okay, so that's a that's what I would have guessed is that, you know, right after Easter, there's a slight drop, and then in most of the South, um, unless you're in some sort of vacation community, then the drop hits right around the time of baseball season and graduation, high school graduation. So. That's typical. It's something to expect. I have a friend who is a pastor in the um, in Colorado in a ski resort town. He says their highest attendance are our lower attendance, like uh, July 4th weekend, Memorial Day, those sort of things, because people go to vacation where it's cooler. And so um, they have a very high attendance there, which is cool. Um, I think the most here's my thought on it. None of the most of the things that we fear, like the feeling of the room, like it feels more empty now. You've been running 200 and now all of a sudden you're running 120. And so it feels less. That's not a real problem. That's a perception. I think the real possible problem is if you let it affect you like emotionally and it really kind of takes it, it kind of it's like a punch in the gut. You feel less motivated to preach, less motivated to um, do work. Am I right on that? Or is that maybe overstating that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's just where you let somebody else preach, right? I mean, you don't just don't just leave town. Isn't that well, like during the to? summer, like the whole thing? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm joking. Out. I'm just joking. You know, <laughs> Memorial Day, Father's Day, July 4th week. It's, yeah, we're going to have a student pastor preach. A student I'm pastor out. preach. I'm Peace yeah. out. I'm out. I don't, even want, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even want to deal with reality, so I'm gone. Mm-hmm. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Please don't take offense. Yeah. Um, you know, it can affect you emotionally um, because I think for a lot of us, we, uh, we, we, our churches become our identity and the success of our churches is, you know, we think of our successes or failures, even, even though in our heart, we know that's not true. We still feel that, right? I mean, when you have a big Sunday and like the Sundays that are just randomly huge, you know, they're just like, wow, we had 20% more people and there's no reason for that. I mean, it makes you feel really good. Yeah. Um, you should go the, on a preaching circuit unexplainably low where it's like we should have had a better Sunday but we didn't and there was 30% less people here. Mm. It makes you wonder like did burn I the say, thing down. Yeah, yeah did, it's did over. I say something last week and all of a sudden <laughs> our church is smaller? Right. Um, no, these things do affect us and it, I mean rare would be the person who wouldn't be affected by that but you have to manage that. I mean that's where you have to like your foundation you know you have to seek you know you have to go back to why you started ministry in the first place which is the hopefully the proclamation of the gospel to the ends of the earth and um you know your your focus on Christ and and all of that and so I don't I don't want to give a you know a Sunday school answer kind of here but you know we we got to we got to constantly remind ourselves of the real purpose of what we're doing and and summertime's a great time to do that and and you know you do have to you do have to prepare yourself emotionally for mm-hmm. for lower attendance um, especially if you have a space that's larger and you were already struggling to kind of fill the space. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of churches that built too big and now they don't have as many people to fill the space and then summer's hitting and it's going to feel even worse. Um, you do have to prepare yourself emotionally. Um, but how but do I do you, think there's some How do you do that? Not with the, um, like we'll talk about the opportunities, the pragmatics behind like some of the shifting in focus, but 
just emotionally, how do you prepare yourself for that? And what do you do when it starts to hit? Because I think that's just really the unspoken reality. A lot of us feel just poopy, you know, in those seasons. (laughs) There was a dramatic pause there right before you said poopy. (laughs) And and I cleaned up my language, man. It was was glorious. I was trying to be Um, appropriate. (laughs) Um. I, you know, what, what I do is I surround myself with the encouragers in the church, the, the people that I know have my back, the ones that I know are supportive. Um, and, and I don't I don't necessarily go to them and say, hey, it's going to be uh, – you don't, don't be an Eeyore, please. You mm-hmm. know, it's going to be a low Sunday and I need some encouragement. I mean, that's just strange and weird. Um, but I try to be strategic about knowing that, hey, you know, this is going to be a season in the church that's going to be a little more difficult or, hey, it's just summertime and attendance is going to be lower and you need to, sur- you need to, you know, surround yourself with the encouragers and that's what they're there for. They're, they're, mm-hmm. God has gifted them with encouragement. Um, so, seek them out. Go hang out. Go to a ball game. You know, it's baseball season. Go to a baseball game. Uh, spend time with your family. I mean, there's certain things that you can do to lift your spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, work on a project because there are less people in town. Typically, it's summer. There are less funerals. People always die. It seems to always die in the winter because of the cold. So, work work on <laughs> – it's true. It's That's a whole other podcast. Um, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, but but – yeah, you need to like figure out figure out something to keep your spirits up. So maybe you've been wanting to write a book or uh, read a book or whatever. Focus on some projects um, that uh, I, I that think you can the utilize projects that. and the the people in the church are great. I think also just other pastors like misery loves company. But then like I really do think that there's some benefit to getting together and say, oh my gosh, this is what happened, and I feel bad about it. And like, oh yeah, yours is there too. And then you. Say, but you know what? And you like, you pull each other out and, and you pull each other, um, you give each other encouragement, that sort of thing. I think that there is some, um, joining in the sort of the struggle together and then reminding this is literally everyone. Everyone is going through the slump. This is just a, there's a guy who pastors, um, a couple miles down the road from me. We were on the phone the other day and he said, there's not a church in America that grows between May and June. I mean, he just, <laughs> he, and he has 18 campuses and it's like 20,000 attenders every weekend. And he's just like, that's the reality. We slump, y'all slump, everybody slumps. And so you, sometimes we just feel like it's just us, but that's just a, that's just that same old lie that you are all alone. So get all depressed about your situation. And what we're saying is, A, it's not anything to get depressed about. And B, you're not alone. Um, so right. it's not even a good reason to be sad. But if you know, it was, you're not alone in it. Every, everyone needs their, you know, dude, you're not going to believe this group. The one that right. you can go to and just say, dude, you're not going to believe this. And and just share. And I've got a, I've got a group here. Um, it's across all denominations. I mean, these guys are like. You know, they're they're my they're my guys. You know, that they're, they're they're the ones that I I really lean on. Um, in fact, one of them just got another job and he's leaving. And um, mm. you know, Philip, if you're listening, I'm gonna miss you, man. I'll give props to Philip. Um, he's he's peacing out. He's got a big job. It's you know you know some Ooh, you know so global organization. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. He's gonna do a lot of kingdom so work impressive. and things, but he's still leaving me. So I'm mad at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk trash about him. <laughs> That's what we'll do. That that way we can encourage one another. Well, he's, you know, that's, that's just it. We have that kind of relationship. Um, and he probably doesn't listen to us anyways, since he's not uh, an established church pastor listen anymore. to a few podcasts. <laughs> I'll get a text if he listens to this one. Let's see. Let's put it on 
on hold. Hey, I do want to talk about um, some of the pragmatics because I think that there is a shift in focus that will really help you not only um, make it through the summer quote unquote slump, but also benefit the rest of your year during the seasons of harvest. But before I talk about that or before you and I kind of unpack that, I want to make sure that our listeners know about Ministry Grid, which is a fantastic thing to launch in the summer with your key workers there. You know that training volunteers and leaders is important, but do you ever feel like you don't know where to start? That's why Lifeway Leadership developed Ministry Grid with Ministry Grid's library of over 3,000 training videos. The work has been done for you and you'll be able to train everyone in your church. And this is training that you can trust. Each Ministry Grid video features an experienced ministry leader who has been where you are now. You can also customize any training by adding videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. We had some of our own videos that we make just kind of like on our laptop, you know, just stick those in there. They're helpful. And now Ministry Grid has one plan with one price that gives you an unlimited access to train your entire church. So just go to ministrygrid.com to learn more. Once again, that is ministrygrid.com. So during the summer slump, I've got a couple. very well, by the way. Well, I've read it three times now, and uh, I'm getting better. Uh, We only have to read it one more time, and I'm probably going to – I'll do my best on that one. So um, during the summer, I think this is – you just got to shift from the them out there to the us in here. And I think there's so much value in that. I like – so we have three services. The 8 o'clock service runs like 118, I think, is the last average that I saw a couple weeks ago. So that's good. But I can, before service starts, I can literally go to each of the families that are sitting in there and um, shake their hand, smile, even sit down sometimes and ask them about something that's going on in their life, those sort of things. And that's good. And so if you're able to do that in the larger scale, because during the summer you have fewer guests and those sort of things, they're not pulling your attention there that way. Having seasons of sit down conversations with people of just catching up. Maybe this is the time like where in your nor- like in the seasons of harvest you're pushing 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 towards the Easter egg hunt, the Easter services, the Christmas whatever. All of that's great. But during the summer, you may literally just have the time to schedule lunches or dinners with let's just say the the adult small group leaders and you just have a lunch or a dinner with them, no agenda, no training. You just want to hang out. And so you sit down and kind of have coffee and conversations with those folks. And I think that's one of the biggest shifts that can happen. And the reality is that during the seasons of harvest, those folks are going to be much more in line with you because they know you and they feel some sort of connection to you. So I think changing the the goal line during the, the slump seasons as, as we might feel like they are, they're really beneficial to sow seeds of trust, to build on those relationships. Is there anything else that you've done? I think it's a great time to work on projects. Hmm. So um, I need to revamp our new members class. We call it Discover. And, mm-hmm. it, it, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just time. It needs it needs refreshing. It needs some updating. Hey, summertime's a good time to do that. Um, we need to make a uh, church management software uh, conversion. Great time to start that with your support staff is in the summer because it's a little lighter. Um, there's all sorts of opportunities to do things in the summertime. Um, clearly, your student ministry and your um, and your and your children's ministry are likely busier 
Right. Uh, you've got camps, you know, that's, that's busy season for them. Um, so highlighting those ministries is a good idea. If, uh, if you're in a church where if you're a lead pastor or an executive pastor, hey, go on one of those trips. It's your opportunity to see those ministries up front to interact with people who maybe you don't interact with a lot. We do wind shape here. So uh, I make sure I'm up early and um, hanging out with the people doing wind shape. And, you know, there's people, those are folks that I don't get to interact with a lot for whatever reason um, during, during the spring and the fall. Um, so I'm, I'm more involved in, uh, in those ministries at my church. So yeah, there's all sorts of opportunities to do things. And if you, if you change the metric of success, where it's no longer about attendance, it's about maybe involvement or mm-hmm. engagement. And this is like, I mean, it's the summer of engagement. It's the summer of involvement for, for you as a leader. Um, I, I think that helps things, um, so that you're not fighting a losing battle. Change it to where you can do something that you know you can succeed in. Um, right. And engagement and involvement are two areas that uh, that you can do that. And just, just yeah, just flat out working on projects. It's it's a great time to to be working on things that need to be done that are otherwise, it's just otherwise too busy to do during yeah. the spring and the fall. A couple of other things. I love all of that. One of the things that, like you talked about with the engagement is we tend to think, Okay, you know, we're a growing church. Uh, hopefully you're growing or at least you're growing healthy and those sort of things. The folks that are coming during the summer, um, the, those tend to be your core. You know, they're more of your core. They're the people that just aren't on vacation. So I realize that as well. So those are the folks that I just kind of hone in on and say, of these people, which ones are not taking the next steps in their discipleship development? So which ones are not um, serving yet, haven't found a place to connect that aligns their passions and their callings and their, and their experiences in such a way. So who are they? Let's identify them. And then through the summer, let's have a couple of key conversations with them or opportunities for them to get plugged in so that they're not only plugged in, but they've been trained. They've had opportunity to, um, you know, try it out, dip their toe in the water during the summer when maybe the attendance is a little lower, those sort of things, and then surge into the fall, they're ready to go. I think that that's a great time to do that. There's other elements as far as like, let's say finances. Finances and stewardship is a part of discipleship. So maybe during the summer, those are conversations or events or, um, you know, meetings that can happen and you feel less awkward about it because you're talking to the family and not so much advertising this. You're having this big surge and it's like, hey, make sure everybody comes for Easter and make sure everybody comes for um, the giving challenge, you know, whatever those are. So I like to put the family stuff into the summer. This does not mean I don't do any of that sort of stuff during the other seasons. It's just where my emphasis lies and strengthening the base and, in a relational way because I do want them to know I love them. I care for them. This is for their good. During the summer, I just have, it seems to be more time to do that. So those are some elements in which um, I like to invest during the summer. Yeah. They, you know, uh, some things that while you were talking, I was actually thinking about other things um, <laughs> that, I, that I could do during the summer. Uh-huh. Um, start your budget process. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone gets crunched in the fall. Um, so what we do, we actually, it's, we don't, we start in early August. You know, right as, you know, summer's winding down and people are getting back in because our committees don't meet during the summer, but we do have a meeting in, in August. So our stewardship committee, which oversees finance and facilities, starts 
preparing the budget actually early in August. Um, now, they don't finish until, you know, October, right. sometimes even into November because we have, a, we, have, we have a whole budgeting process that that's another podcast episode. But, um, but we start that. So, we're not rushed and we can do it well. Um, I write, I, I plan out sermons for the following year in the summer. Right. Um, so, you know, I take a week and I just create outlines for all of the sermons that I'm going to do. So, it's 2019. It'll be 2020. Um, we do our staff retreat. Um, we do a staff retreat in the summer where we plan, we calendar for the following year. So, there's all sorts of things that you can be doing to prepare yourself that makes summer um, less about, well, that's low attendance. We just got to get through this and about here's here's an opportunity for us to use the time that we have so that we can be better prepared for the busy season. I've got two questions um, on your thought on this. I'm kind of indifferent on one. The first one is the practice of canceling off things during the summer. I tend to be very... Um, it's a lot for me to cancel off something that's regular. So yeah. I, I don't like to cancel off a service just because the attendance is going to dip a little bit. I think that the momentum needed to relaunch things over and over. And I think that just having seasons, you're almost feeding into the lower attendance. When you keep canceling things, you're communicating. Exactly. This isn't really all that important. And so if you want to eventually cancel something, that's a really good strategy to to kill it off, but um, that's <laughs> yeah, that's literally the way I die. think about it. Yeah, if you want it to die, starve it during the summer. Um, I have some strong opinions about canceling, particularly worship services. Yeah, um, you know, I've heard of churches that cancel July Fourth week and Memorial Day and Labor Day, and usually my advice to somebody who is attending those churches is, you need to leave. Um, if your pastor <laughs> does not consider the gathering of the saints as primary of primarily, this is hugely important. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know that the crowd is smaller, but you're going to cancel the gathering of the saints just because the attendance is lower. Right. Yeah, I got some serious, serious, serious questions for that pastor. Yeah. Um, no, we do not cancel. We would never, whether you have a Saturday or Sunday service, whatever, we, we would never cancel that. Now, we had typically canceled Wednesday nights. So we're Sunday, Wednesday church. We have Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. Um, and I'm just talking about the primary worship gathering. I'm not talking about Sunday night service, you know, or Bible studies and things like that that you've got going on. I'm talking about the big thing that, that is supposed to happen weekly. Mm -hmm. um, so, Wednesday nights, um, we had canceled. That was the, the history of our church when I got here. And I said, man, we don't need to be doing this. And we struggled with what do we do on Wednesday nights in the summer because, man, attendance is really low. And so, what we did was we just brought back the, the, the meals. We had hmm. had these traditional Wednesday night meals that we had canceled. So, we call them summer suppers and we just have everyone in our fellowship hall. It's all together, um, you know, students, children, uh, adults, choir, praise team, everybody that's typically here on a Wednesday night, we just get everyone together, we have a meal and we hear from our missionaries. So, we invite those who have been on mission to share about God's mission for our mission partners to come and share and it's literally a meal and a testimony about God's mission hmm. um, and it has exceeded our expectations the the you know people interacting with each other it's been great so we don't we are on a semester base for our programming spring and fall but we don't cancel the time slot in the summer we just change it to our summer suppers and it's really benefited us and yes it keeps people in a rhythm and the fact that you may be only to go to half of them or a third of them at least it's still there and you're not mm -hmm. losing momentum i think that if you start canceling things 
you'll really start hurting yourself in the long run because you kill the momentum of the church. Yeah, the the momentum is really where I'm pushing there, and I totally agree with you. Like the week, if if it's a if it's a worship service, a weekly worship gathering, I think that you should kind of just suffer through it. If people would say, well, the attendance is going to be lower, and my response to that would be, it wasn't ever really about the attendance. That wasn't. That's not exactly. why we were doing that. So yes. I'm okay with that. Um, or that's my stance on that. Now the what I call uh, supplemental things like the Wednesday night Bible study, those sort of things. We're on a semester approach. We do cancel. We don't cancel. We take a break during the summer, and that break is helpful for a, a bunch of reasons. Now, not everybody takes a break. There's a lot of meetings that happen in those times. There's you know the camp and the mission trips and those sort of things. So. Um, I love your approach though. I love that just it's something that's there and it's us focused. It's really kind of just encouraging us. So um and and being about us and there are seasons when you worry about us. Uh, a couple of things when you talk about the meals and this is just you know a side note, but I think they're cool. We haven't done a meal at this church in a long long time. They used to do that. We are bringing back the quote unquote meal on Wednesdays this Wednesday. It's the first time that we're going to start serving food again. But here's the way we're doing it. We have opened up a food truck park that is open to the community. There's at least six trucks confirmed this week. When we got that word out, and we have a pretty good location as far as drive-by and stuff like that. So there's a lot of churches that even if you're a smaller church, you may have a decent location. We just got the word out to the food truck owners, and they're just kind of all behind it. It's a We're not charging anything to them. They don't have to give us a discount. Our people love the idea of coming up, grabbing some food. We did buy some picnic tables to throw out in sort of this um, grassy area. So that's where the trucks are going to park by. So they park, they eat, but all of that lines up with our semester approach of Wednesday night Bible studies. And the other summer thing. I mean, that's yeah. absolutely brilliant. There's lots of churches that could do that, that have a location. So easy. And that's in commu- it's community engagement too. Oh, yeah. And we got the other I, – I messaged the other pastors of the local churches and I said, hey, tell your people 100% we want them to come eat with us and then go to your Bible study. Like just come hang out with us, go to your Bible study. Um, it's going to be so fun. And it helps the community. It helps everybody. We're across the street from a college so those students can walk over and enjoy a Wednesday, a midweek sort of food truck experience. So – um, I think that's fun. The other cool thing, and I'm going to, I'm going to, her name is Liesl. Um, She is a member down at Saxe in Texas, the church that I pastor. She brought this idea to us and I'm sure other churches have done it, but she just executed so well. And this was completely her during the summer. We did mystery guest dinner. Um, and essentially you sign up to be a host. She would arrange all of these host homes and our family signed up to be a host home. We said, this is how many people that we can, you know, feed around our table. And we're going to cook pork. Uh, we're going to grill out some pork chops. And then um, we also are, our house is kid friendly. So that's kind of what you put on this form. And she did all of that sort of behind the scenes. She asked a lot of people to be host. Well, then we had a season of signing up to go to mystery guest um, dinner. Only Liesl knew even that day. The Sunday, we did this on a Sunday night in the summertime. Only Liesl knew who was going to dinner at each other's houses. So on Sunday morning, you came, if you had signed up, you got a little envelope. You open the envelope and it would say, here's the address you go to. They're going to serve pork. Um, your kids will be fine. And, um, you know, that's it. What we would get as a host home is 
any allergy type of notifications. So she handled all of that. I did not know who was coming to dinner at my house that night until they showed up at the designated time and they would bring a side to go with pork. That was all that was involved there. But she purposefully divided out the age groups. So we're kind of a younger family. We had a couple of senior adults, a college student, some newlyweds, all had dinner together that night in a way that we normally would not spend a whole dinner together. And that was a great, it was an event. It was a big thing that we all pushed for. We called it summer of dinner um, where that was part of it. But then there was also like you go to dinner with people you don't know on your own. And that was a big emphasis for us there. Just a couple of ideas for people to, to steal. And I liked it. All your extroverts are loving that idea. All your introverts or introverts are like cringing in fear. Right now. <laughs> Our introverts got into it because they didn't have to plan. They want to do it, but they didn't have to plan it or ask. I, so. I'm, I'm generalizing and I'm, I'm probably making people mad by saying that. No. I mean, that's all we do. So anyways. <laughs> yeah, general, to make general statements and make everyone mad. That's what we do. That's the name of the show. We do want to let you know and remind you about Group Answers Podcast with Chris Surratt. Sir, how do you, Sir, Surratt, Come Surratt. On, I do that every time. <laughs> and Brian Daniel, uh, look it up on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And, uh, yeah. So that's all the time we have for today. Hope that you listen next week. Great review us on iTunes. And we'll Thanks for listening to the just making everyone mad podcast. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.